Life's Third Act is a podcast dedicated to helping you get the most out of your retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, attorney CPA Joe Cordell features guests each week to discuss prominent topics for those over 55. Here's attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Welcome to another episode of Life's Third Act. Uh, Today we're going to talk again, as we have, I guess, a number of times in recent weeks, about options relating to housing. And in this case, we're focusing still on the subject of, is it possible for those of you who want to stay at home to stay at home? And we know that there are logistical challenges. It's frustrating to some of you because you you very, very much want to age in place, as it's called. Um, others of you, incidentally, I know, are happy to go to communal communal living opportunities, which are out there everywhere, some wonderful places. So, you know, if you watch the show very much, I'm a big fan of those places, but I'm not going to neglect the uh, substantial percentage of you. I'm tempted to say the substantial majority, I'll say majority maybe of you that say, no, I know these places are great that are out there, but I would rather stay where I am and help me figure out how to do that. So that's, that's the sort of objective that underlines today's show. So we have a wonderful guest who uh, is in a business that helps you stay at home if you want to stay at home. Oh, before we go to that, to the guest, you could do us a great favor now, now that we've moved off of radio and we're doing this strictly online, strictly through streaming and other platforms like Spotify, et cetera. So, so it's very important for us to have likes. Likes are huge when you're doing this. It's the way that we get other people to watch. So we really appreciate that. And those of you who've watched it before and like it, please subscribe. You know, I promise you the material in this show will continue to be useful. You know, we think about our objectives are twin. One is to make this enjoyable, entertaining, and the other is for it to be of some practical value to you. We focus this show entirely on people that are over 60. We're convinced that that this last third of your life, at life's third act, uh, is and can be and should be uh, the best years of your life. So it's our objective to, to help you achieve that. Toward that end, let's talk about today's guest, Laura McCoy, uh, she's in she's in a business that is focused on being at home, and it's called Home Instead. Uh, home Instead, as the name implies, is intended to offer the option that I just described. The focus is on serving seniors, people who are older, and we're going to find out a little more detail about what this business consists of. And uh, welcome on the show, Laura. I appreciate your coming on. Thank you. Jill couldn't join me today, so I'm flying solo, <laughs> which doubtlessly means we'll have all sorts of technical issues. Oh, that's but quite all right. <laughs> anyway, um, Laura, let's get some background. Uh, are you originally from the St. Louis area? Actually, I was born in Athens, Georgia, to just a shout out to my family in Athens, and was pretty much raised here. I moved here when I was in grade school and was raised in St. Louis, St. Peter's area. Been around here pretty much my whole life. So, so how did you end up in a business focusing on serving seniors who want to age in place? That's a great question. Um, prior to this, I worked for a company called Delta Center, which helps people with disabilities stay in their homes and not have to go into nursing homes. And it was just sort of a transition into senior care because a lot of times people age into di- disability, they don't realize that, um, or they wouldn't admit that they were disabled because now they're starting to use a cane, 
they're losing their sight, they're um, having transportation problems, so they would just age into that naturally. And so going from Delta Center to Homestead was kind of a natural, trans, transpired naturally. So Homestead, is it a franchise? Is mm-hmm. it part of a larger organization? Explain that. Yes. So we're the biggest non-medical company in the world. We're in 22 countries. And we do what we do really, really well because we have a standard of doing things. But then within those franchises, you have a the ability to do things the way you want them to, based on your demographics. Because we all know that, you know, senior care in China is not going to be the same as senior care in St. Peter's, Missouri. So we have that flexibility, but we also have a very high standard in the way that we do things the same across all franchises. So all those franchises are called Home Instead? Mm-hmm. Wow, I wasn't too familiar with that name, right. but I didn't realize it was so big. So tell me how what services that you focus on or what you provide in the franchise. One of the things that we specialize in is Alzheimer's and dementia care. That's a specialization that we have. But we do everything from companionship, medication reminders, meal preparation, transportation, light housekeeping, all of those things that the nurses don't do. So you think in terms of home medical care, we do everything that those nurses aren't doing. And when I talk about specializing in Alzheimer's and dementia care, a lot of times families are just worn out caring for someone who has dementia. And so we come alongside to give them that respite and let them just be a daughter or a son again instead of having to care for their folks. What about care relating to the to the home in which they're living? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned housekeeping, right? light housekeeping. Mm-hmm. But one of the practical problems that people have is you know, who's going to do the repair and maintenance and and the regular upkeep that's associated with a, a right. owning a home. We have some great community partners that we, we refer to for things like that. But that day-to-day stuff, you know, wiping down the kitchen, making sure the bedding is changed and washed and re and put back on the bed, things like that. We'll do those light housekeeping things. But in terms of the bigger things, we don't do those things. We will refer you to some places for those. So generally... Correct me if I'm wrong. Insurance does not pay for these services usually? Describe that. Actually, long-term care insurance often will pay for our services. But um, also VA benefits. There's a VA benefit called aid and attendance. Yeah, I've heard of that. And that will help pay for our services. Hmm. And as it stands then, you guys vet these people through through a process locally? Or how do you determine that the people you're hiring are? To oh my be goodness. trusted. So what we talk about all the time is that they have to go through all these levels in the office for us to, even though a person may seem like they might be a good fit, obviously we drug test them, background test them. We want them to be safe in your home. But um, our owner, Mark, says that if he's not going to put them in his home, he's not going to put them in your home. So we ha- also have that heart piece that's very, very important to us, that if you don't have a heart for serving seniors, if we don't see that in the way that we interact with you, you can't come and work for us. <laughs> so now is Mark uh, the franchise owner or the owner of the franchisor? No, uh, Mark is the local franchise owner for the St. Charles franchise, and we're, our office is, is in St. Peter's, and he, is, he and his wife, Angie, actually own the franchise, so they run Okay, Mark. Mark Adkison, A-D-K-I-S-S-O-N. Everybody says Atkinson, but it's Adkison. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so how long has he owned this franchise? Coming on, I think now, nine years, right? Wow. That Mm -hmm. probably was a very good investment. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great boss, too, by the way. 
So, so how many people does he have? How many caregivers, I'll say, does he have? Oh, goodness. Now we, I'm sure we have over 50. And, you know, caregivers, we're just, we're always looking for good caregivers. So it's however much we can bring in, we can employ pretty much. So, so let me ask you this. I, and I hope you don't mind talking about this. If you do, Not that, at all. That, that's okay. Uh, but I was going to ask you about prices have to have gone up. And I know that the, that Cordell and Cordell, for example, is having, you know, it's a it's a real challenge to keep the employees you have happy, yeah. and to bring on new ones mm-hmm. and skilled people like lawyers and I suspect people in healthcare, you know, it it's really hard to attract them in this environment because there's so much competition for those services, and you have to pay well, you have to give lots of benefits, you have to provide a wonderful place to work. Those are things which which we think a lot about, or Cordell and Cordell, the leadership, the CEO of Cordell and Cordell certainly does, and the other partners. And when I think of your business, I think of, wow, you talk about an environment where there's just a frenzied effort to find people to mm-hmm. work. Nurses, and I'm sure on down, mm-hmm. on down. How do you keep people, and has it resulted in your having to raise rates as I think it must, uh, to your customers? Well, across the board, I mean, there have obviously been some rate raises and things, and we try to pay, be very competitive with our caregiver pay. Everybody else is facing the same problem. Yes, but um, for home instead, we really kind of attract better folks just because of our environment. We have a... Um, someone who's in charge of hiring and and retaining our caregivers. So she's constantly working on ways to get them excited and, you know, take care of them because it's difficult if you, it doesn't matter how much training you have, you have, which they have had a lot of training. When you're in someone's home by yourself without someone there seeing all the things that you do and giving you that attaboy, right? It's hard to stay motivated. So our Retention coordinator just takes care of that. She's coming alongside them, trying to think of ways to reward them and encourage them. She has little events and things to do to help keep them stimulated and excited about going to work. So so how do you distinguish yourself from, I know there are other franchises that like um, something angels, home angels mm-hmm. or something, but I know there, are, there must be There's 20, must be 20 <laughs> plus so how do you distinguish yourself from the others? What makes Home Instead different? Well, our tagline is, to us, it's personal. And it's not important for us to have someone come into your home and check off a list. I can say they need to have the bathrooms wiped down. They need to have their med reminders. They need to have the bedding changed. They need to go out to the doctor's office. You know, you can have a list of things that they have to do. That's not as important to us as someone having an actual relationship with that client, where when I walk in the door as a caregiver, that client says, oh, I'm so happy you're here. I'm glad to see you. And they look forward to it. That's most important to us. So we hire people who do that. We hire people who create relationships with people instead of just chore workers. You know, there's a term for what we do. It's called private duty. And we don't really care for that because it makes it sound as if all I'm doing is coming in and checking off a list. And that's not the case with us. We really become part of the family. Well, what I am what I expect to see develop, if it hasn't already, and to some extent, Home Instead is an example of this. Certainly your name suggests this. Your name suggested to me that your main point of difference would be the fact that you are willing to address the totality of things associated with someone wanting to live at home. Mm-hmm. I think whenever that business comes along, that 
that gives equal attention to all those things. And it's funny, I had somebody who approached it from the opposite end uh, a few weeks ago. Their primary focus was on facility care, meaning the things allowing you to stay in your home because, you know, you, you have somebody to take care of the yard, to fix things, to do all those those things that aren't relating to personal health care or even personal care. It's more real estate care, property management. Right. There's some great companies out there. Yeah. So I think the problem is that that the people who think of themselves as property managers who are best suited to take care of someone's home and the things associated with living in their home as they age are very different from the people who consider themselves caregivers in, in, in a sense relating to health. So you have these two very different professions, and so far no one, to my knowledge, has fully united them. I see, and, sure. And I think whenever somebody defines themselves as, look, here's what we do. We, If you say you want to live at home, as long as it's medically possible, mm-hmm. leave it to us. We take care of everything. You live at home. We handle everything. Now, there's a charge for that, of course, but it means that that you you can now live at home without worrying about anything. Right. So far, it, and it frustrates me that I'm still not finding that. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, we have community partners who help community us do that. Community partners. However, but it's different. however, think about this. The way I look at it is, you can only do so many things well. That's the way I think about it. Um, for instance. There are private duty companies within hospitals, and I have a couple of the hospital networks that I won't mention who refer to us instead of their own private duties because they cannot do private duty well. They're too busy doing the medical piece, right? Mm -hmm. So if you try to do too many things, then you're doing nothing, I believe. So I think it's much better if we, you know, focus on that one area so that we can do that really well. Yeah, and I understand your reasoning, and that makes sense, and that's what you know the industry has chosen to do. But I think there will be a place for some, for a business that will be a single. You have a single relationship, and they take care of everything. Um, it does mean that you're right. You'd have to have divisions where you would have those who would be the probably make up your workforce on the one hand, then on the other those who consider themselves property managers, uh, people like that. And, and they're very different types of people. I get it. But I, that, would, that would make it very attractive to me if I were, if my mother were saying she wanted to live by herself in a house in Florida. She's saying, this is what I want. So I can either have to deal with uh, contracting with people to come and take care of the facility, which is, this is what I'd have to do. And then I'd have a relationship with with somebody who would come and do the personal care. It would be attractive to have simply a single relationship and they take care of all that. And and they would be kind of like an independent contractor to some extent. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I do I think I see the concept, but I also feel like particularly in St. Charles County that would be difficult for someone to um, afford. You know, you'd have to have some money to be able to do that. And then you start saying, well, if I'm staying home and I'm spending 3000 a month on my personal care and my house upkeep, then I may as well move into a community. Yeah. 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 That, and that's, I think, you're, I, th- I think that's where a lot of people end up, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, those costs are real. Somebody's going to have to pay them. Mm-hmm. They'll pay them either way. Yeah. The question is, who do they pay it to? But True. I can, I can see where Home Instead is a great brand. I think it's a... It's a marvelous uh, name, and it says a lot. 
it says that, you know, where our goal is to allow you to stay at home. Well, and, and what's important to me personally is not just that I am promoting home instead, but what I spend a lot of time in the community just educating people about what Alzheimer's and dementia is and partnering with this morning I was at the Senior Advisory Board in St. Charles and we're getting some things together just to try to focus on a, a roundtable thing that I'm having on Friday to bring some awareness to some of the senior issues in the community. It's not just about selling home care. It's about trying to make sure my community comes around seniors. That's really, really important to me. So if Alzheimer's and dementia makes up a significant percentage of your business, and I assume it does, Mm -hmm. so how do you know the point at which this is no longer safe? Who makes that decision? The family usually comes together and healthcare professionals will come together and do that. We can be part of it by just reporting on a lot of the things that we've seen. But for the most part, it's, you know, the family will begin to see that, you know, living at home doesn't work anymore. But really, you can stay at home as long as you want to stay at home. If you have the resources, you can do it. And we've had clients that we've had as long as I've been there. I've been there seven years and we've had clients for that long that have pretty advanced dementia that we're still with. So now those when it's advanced, are they getting 24/7 care? Um, between home health, between um, us and the family members, usually yes, there's going to be a 24/7 piece to it. A lot of times someone thinks that they need 24/7 and our care consult will discover that they really don't need 24/7. A lot of times they're wandering in the evenings or they have sundowners or you know something like that happens and they just need that little extra. Um, one of the things we pride ourselves on is if we come for a consultation, I'm not going to try to convince you that you need more than what you need. I'm going to help you see what the needs are and make sure you have a safe environment and then say, here's what I suggest. So will it often, will that plan often include a registered nurse making periodic calls? Not through us personally, but um, we have, again, a couple of great community partners that are health providers. And they'll come in and do assessments. They'll do physical therapy. They'll, you know, do med- medication set up and all of those kinds of things. So so your workers would be considered non-skilled? Mm-hmm. Right. And we provide all that training. So they don't have to have a background, but we prefer that they have some sort of caring background. Maybe they cared for a family member or something so that they already have that heart. Or children, a lot of times some of our folks will come from caring for children. You know, they've had a child with special needs. And so it just sort of is a natural progression once their child grows up to care for seniors. So the cost that they'd be looking at is a nurse, for example, is probably around in excess of $100 an hour, would you say? Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. But Medicare pays for that. Because it's skilled Mm -hmm. and it's necessary. Yes. Yeah. So um, it's hard to say what a general plan is, but it's not unusual to have a plan where a nurse might come by once a week. Do you see that? Right. And a lot of times that's where we come in because they begin to realize that they need a little extra. And so the nurse will say, you know, I think you need to call someone to come in and give you some of that just extra help. You know, you think about even now, how just making a bed. You know, as you get older, making your bed can be a big job. You get it, take it off the bed, put it in the laundry, right? Haul it back out and try to get it, that fitted sheet over the over the mattress. Just even that can be really difficult for somebody. So if somebody can take some of that off their plate, 
that makes it just that much easier. So let me ask you then, what, if you don't mind, tell me, what are the average rates that people pay for the unskilled work? Um, it, it really does depend on the situation. So it's by need. Across the board, industry-wide, it goes anywhere from, I would say, 27 to 35 to even 40, depending on the situation. And you know, I remember just three, maybe four years ago when I was pricing this for my aunt, um, it was it wasn't a lot cheaper, but it's about eighteen bucks on the low end, probably maybe twenty, probably twenty bucks on the low end, and thirty bucks on the high end. So yeah. that's a lot of inflation <laughs> since then. It has gone up a lot. It has, and it's almost, you know, you can't help it. I mean, inflation is inflation, and you can't help the cost increases. So it's almost like you have to be middle class to be able to, unless you're a veteran. Then, or you have that long-term care insurance. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And, that, and of course, thankfully, long-term care insurance, I'm finding, I'm surprised the number of people that have it. Mm-hmm. Back when they were awarding it at prices, they found out were too low. <laughs> but they found out too late. The companies did, but they're still honoring them, to my knowledge. I know, I know. I wish that, you know, everyone had gotten it way back. But now, the people that need it, it's too late. You, it costs too much to, to yeah, get it. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you wait this long, it's just the dollars don't make sense. Mm-hmm. But but still, I mean, I think that, that really, if you're middle class, it's still a stretch to pay those for an eight-hour shift, for example. It's very hard. Yeah, and mm-hmm. regular daily mm-hmm. for some. So I can see where for them it might not be feasible to continue living in the house. Maybe they need to cash out the house. Right, but there are some incredible options. Before I came into this industry— I always thought things like reverse mortgages were, you know, bunk. I thought that that was some kind of scam, but it actually is a great way to to pay for your care because your biggest asset is your home. Yeah. Most people over 60 have almost paid off their house. They have a lot of equity in their home. If you have a reverse mortgage, you can use that money for your care. And even better than a reverse mortgage, and we've talked about this a few times in the show, is there are now companies that will buy your house. It's crazy. And let you turn around and you can lease it back. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty attractive deal. It is. Uh, and I think, quite frankly, that's more attractive than the reverse mortgage because you can get more equity out of your house. Mm-hmm. But but your point's well taken that, that a, a middle-class person, if they did those things, they can probably pay for the sort of care they would need, depending on their... On their um, uh, their cost of living, their longevity, the value of their homes, so there are a number of factors, but it would be a feasible. And then, of course, the affluent, I guess they don't have an issue. Then it's a lifestyle preference. They want to be in a communal living or do they want to be uh, in, a, in their own home? So how would you say that the demographic of your clientele breaks out. Most, I assume, are in the St. Charles area? Mm -hmm. St. Charles, Lincoln, Warren. We also go into a little bit of north St. Louis County, Hazelwood, Florissant kind of area. Um, That's just because that little area isn't claimed by any office. I see. So you have regions based on mm -hmm. franchisees. Yeah. And then we have St. Louis office. There's an office down in Washington. That are separately owned. Mm -hmm. So then... Your uh, the the people that that you serve. Would you say that most are middle class? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. And how do most pay for this? 
Yeah. Um, families come together a lot of different ways, you know, and now that obviously we have these other resources that we can tap into, we just try to lay it all out and say, here's what's av- available to you. And again, I go back to someone will say, mom's having trouble. She needs to go into a nursing home. They immediately assume that that next step needs to be 24-7 nursing home care. But there are some issues with nursing home care now a lot of issues. And so, you know, you want to try to keep your folks at home as long as you can, not to mention that let's talk about your mom being 80 years old. She's lived in the same house the last 50 years. All of her things are around her. She knows her neighbors. They know her. They look out for her. Packing her up and moving her into a building in one little room with a bed and a dresser that she has to suddenly be surrounded by 60 strangers and all these caregivers, it's very, very stressful. So as long as you can keep her home, that's, to me, my goal. Yeah, no, I can see the the scenario you described. While the facilities, incidentally, are a little better than uh, they used to be, some are substantially better, Mm -hmm. Uh, but still... I see. If it's a single-family, if it's a one-story home and they don't have to use stairs going up, I mean, I can see how there could be a setting where it would it would be very feasible mm-hmm. for mom or dad to age in that house and to go stay in that house till they pass away. Yeah. One of the things we do, too, in the consultation is just kind of do an overview of the home and see if there's anything that we could, that would make their lives easier. Let's get the little throw rugs up so that they're not falling down. Let's put a a handrail up here. Just we're looking for those things so that as they navigate the house, they just have a safer environment. So Yeah, yeah. Mm Let's take a quick break. This is Life's Third Act. Uh, We have a guest, Lauren McCoy. We'll be back in a few moments. Strong roots are essential for a healthy tree, especially your family tree. That's why you work hard to take care of your family every day. At Tucker Allen, we know that taking care of your family means planning for the future. Our team provides personalized estate planning to help ensure that your family and your legacy are protected and that your future is secure. From wills and trusts to long-term care and estate planning. Count on Tucker Allen. Personalized estate planning made simple. So let's pick up where we were talking about. Um, whenever you, somebody contacts you and they say that they would they have an interest, describe for me the process. Sure. So I assume they make an appointment for some sort of home visit. Right. So any one of us can set up an appointment. And that is with Brad, our client care coordinator. And he's actually a nurse. And so um, when Brad comes to the home, there's no charge for that. He'll sit down with the family, get to know them, see what we're interested in a lot of times is personalities. So different people have different personalities, obviously. So if we end up serving you, we want to try to personality match you with a caregiver. I'm a big talker. Not all people like to to be big talkers, right? Some people just want to want you to be there and they don't want to have conversations. So we have different caregivers that have different skills like that. We try to match. And then um, we walk through the house, see what the safety issues are, and um, just talk to you about your needs. And then we make some recommendations and see where we can go from there. Do you communicate mm-hmm. like with a, a, a medical professional their medical professional at all, whether it's a nurse or a doctor? As time goes on, once we begin caregiving, we do have a relationship with the doctor most of the time, and Brad's handling that. So especially if significant issues come up, changes in their condition, things like that, we will communicate with the physician. And so at that time, uh, you will, um, if, if there's rapport, 
then you would have a contract of some sort. What typically would be the relation, the the length of your um, retention? Do you have a standard? Well, we have a minimum. Um, you mean a time frame like how yeah, a time years, frame. as long as you need us or as short as you need us. We've had people who hire us for a very brief period of time. And like I said, we have had people that I know have been there since I've been there. So, so how, though, does the contract typically work? Is it is it saying, look, however much you use us, this is what you'll pay? Or does it assume a certain amount of use over a period of time? Right. So we have a minimum of eight hours a week. You can do that in four hours a day or once a week for eight hours. But all you're signing with the contract is that you will use our services and that you won't hire our caregiver on the side. Right. That's the only thing that you're using, that you're signing. You're not signing that you're going to have this many hours because sometimes that changes. Yeah. So if you end up using less than the eight hours, then you you essentially are terminating the relationship or maybe the rates change or something. Well, we just have a discussion. It's never anything. Yeah. yeah it's never anything militant or anything like that. We just have a discussion. So and I get it. Your idea is to have people feel comfortable and people are more comfortable coming on if they don't sign any sort of long-term contract. Right. Because you don't know next week if you're going to need 12 hours of care. You may need to jump it up to 24 or you may need to pull it back to eight again. So you don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that is the situation of people as they age is they just don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know what condition they'll be in in a month from now. Yeah. So you have right now then you refer, you obtain clients primarily by referrals or do you market? I've not seen your marketing. You haven't? Well, I mean, what do I know? I don't even watch primetime television. <laughs> well, that's so. why. Yeah, because we're on TV. We're in Guidepost Magazine. We're in a lot of different publications in St. Louis particularly. But And then I'm out everywhere all the time. So, mm. Yeah, all over the world. Yeah, 22 countries. That's a lot. So how many franchisees are there oh, in this area? Geez, I have no idea. Is this a publicly held company? Do you know that? No. I mean, is it listed on a stock exchange or is it private? I don't owned? think so. I think it's privately owned still. I don't think okay. it's public. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a great concept. And and when was the company started? 94. Mm-hmm. The first franchise was in 94. Yeah. And the reason that it was started was because Paul and Lori Hogan, um, their mother, Lori's mother, was... She became ill. She was 90 years old, and they went to the hospital, and they said, take her home and just make her comfortable. She's going to she's gonna go. Well, the family began to rally around her at home, and she ended up living to 100. <laughs> she recovered mm-hmm. when she got yeah, home. Yeah, she, she rallied. And so they said, how can we do this for other people and keep them in their homes and still have that care, that close-knit care that they need? So that's how the company was started. Yeah. And is a, is a significant part of your business people who— have been in nursing homes. They're kind of coming to the end. So now it's called uh, not respite service. What I'm looking for, hospice. So do you have do you have a significant number of your people who have been in a skilled care facility? Now they've decided to do something such as hospice in which they they use you. A lot of no? times the hospice folks are still at home. So we're okay. we're partnering with hospice. We don't do hospice, but we partner with hospice. Those so. are medical mm-hmm. people. Right. And but one of the other things we actually do is when you were talking about nursing home care, many times someone can't get the one-to-one care that they need in the facility that they are in. And so the family hires us in addition 
to the care they're getting in the nursing home so that, let's say, for instance, the person is a flight risk and they're they're always wanting to get out of the bed. And um, there was one case where someone had a broken hip. She needed to be still so that her hip would heal, but she was she had advanced Alzheimer's and she wanted to walk. So our caregiver was hired just to be with her, to keep her focused so that she would stay down and heal. And they did that for two or three weeks and then she was okay, or I guess it was six weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize that. They assume that if you have your loved one in a hospital or in a skilled care facility, the assumption is that they they will take care of them, that they're assuming responsibility. What they're assuming is responsibility given certain conditions. Mm -hmm. And if this is somebody who requires extraordinary attention, maybe lots of care, then then they can say to you, look, we can't meet that mm-hmm. requirement. Right. We don't have enough nurses on staff to give your loved one, somebody, an entire shift. So uh, my we've done that with family members, too, where we brought in somebody and Just pay them extra. extra. Mm-hmm. So, Which you don't feel like you should have to do, but the reality is, you know— um, nursing home staff can only do so much. They can't be by your side 24 hours a day. So For the price you're paying. And even though you think you're paying a lot of money, which you are, still, I mean, compared to the, to the bed next to you where they don't require that mm-hmm. or the room next to you, it, it's just a, it's not practical. And I get hospital, I understand the situation hospitals are in. They just can't provide you a private duty nurse. It's true. It's true. One of the other things we do is as mom is transitioning into a nursing home, our caregivers can, so you've had the caregiver at the house with mom, that caregiver can start going to the nursing home with your mom so that that's a familiar face. Now I'm seeing, especially if dementia is involved, that's a familiar face. I can help you navigate, you know, going down to dinner and doing all those things so that you can transition into that nursing home care with someone who's familiar and cares about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely, I can see how there this, why this profession, why this industry, for lack of a better word, has come about is the incredible demand for people to be with their older loved ones. And filling in those gaps, you know. Now what we're seeing more and more is that sandwich generation, you know, the the daughter has little kids and then her mother begins to show signs of dementia and she's caring for her at home and the kids have to get to soccer and how am I going to do all the things I need to do with them when I'm caring for mom? I can't leave her alone. So that's another factor. Hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wanted to have you on because I like to to introduce our audience to, to businesses, to... Um, Um, uh, organizations that provide assistance when they're in this situation where they're aging themselves or maybe it's a a child that is seeing these problems. But it's good to know that there are organizations out there that are affordable and at the same time can allow somebody to stay at home. I still would suggest that you guys consider, you know, completing the circle yeah. in terms of the things that are needed to do that. That's a but great idea, but boy, that's a big undertaking. It must be, because to mm-hmm. my knowledge, no one's done that. Yeah, that's but, a really good idea. Maybe you should start that. <laughs> my plate's full. <laughs> but in any case, um, make a note. Uh, this are, this business is called Home Instead, uh, and it's, it's essentially the focus is on senior care, and it provides home care to allow people to stay at home as long as they can. And uh, Laura McCoy, you're the Director of Community Outreach. Mm -hmm. 
So what is that? That includes uh, doing things such as this. Right. But also you speak to organizations. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love to do that I did before COVID, obviously now that's kind of cut off, is we have a program, and it's a home instead program. It's called Alzheimer's Friendly Business, and I teach businesses how to navigate dealing with folks who come in that have Alzheimer's or dementia so that they can identify it and also treat them with respect and dignity while they're in their store. Let's say I go shopping with mom and mom's having this crazy behavior. Um, It helps the store owner understand those behaviors and how to deal with them instead of taking them on the surface, which a lot of times is panicking or, you know, calling the police or doing things like that. We want you to be able to know how to redirect behaviors and care for people. So, Very good. Very good. So we will uh, we'll have to have you on again to visit and talk about this topic that is so pressing with our audience. Uh, This has been another episode of Life's Third Act. Till next time, take care. You've been listening to Life's Third Act, a podcast for thriving in retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, your estate and elder law advisors. Each week we discuss topics and answer questions to help you better plan for your future. For more information, visit TuckerAllen.com. Subscribe and listen again next week for another edition of Life's Third Act. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements.